Amen. As we bless our children to go, I want to extend a very warm welcome to you this morning to Hartford City Church. Um, if you are visiting with us, we especially welcome you this morning. If you're new to this church, we're glad that you're here and uh, checking us out because we really want this to be a place where so many people can come and find hope and find life and find love together. So um, if you're new to us, we'd love to connect with you. There's connect cards on some of the chairs around. If there's not one near you, just ask someone to pass it down to you. And if you fill that out and take it to our welcome table after service, Pastor Rosalie will be there and she'd love to greet you and connect with you. Uh, we also share prayer requests that way. So if you have a prayer request that you would uh, like to share, you can write it down and turn it in and we will definitely be praying for it. Uh, you can also reach us by texting the church number. So sometimes you forget to fill out the card. You can text us with prayer requests and we definitely uh, hold those up before the Lord when we get together. So um, on Wednesday nights, we have a great youth ministry that meets if you're uh, ages 12 to 24. And uh, that meets here on Wednesday nights. And uh, we encourage you to come out and to be a part of that, to let any teenagers you know about it and uh, encourage them uh, to come. And we're so grateful uh, for our youth ministry um, as well. We bless uh, Pastor Angel and his wife for taking a much needed little family vacation today. So we pray and bless them as they are on their way. So uh, knowing that there are several people traveling this week, being a holiday weekend, I'll say hi to everyone on Periscope. Um, sometimes my friend Ben from California watches, so everyone turn around and say hi, Ben, just in case he's watching. I don't know. that He'll really love that. If he's watching, he's going to text me to be like, oh, I love that. That is so cool. Um, also, uh, I just want to preview this. not going to speak a lot about this morning, but there'll be a lot more information next week. Um, we're going to be hosting a prayer conference in March. And uh, this is really important. We believe that we need to grow in our discipleship and our knowledge and understanding of what it means to be a Christian. And so we're going to host a prayer conference. Um, it's going to be at South Church, which is not too far from here. It's going to be Saturday, March 23rd in the morning and the evening. And several churches are going to be involved. And we really want to encourage everyone, if at all possible, to be there. Because as we're going to talk today about connecting to each other and growing in our connection to each other in Christ, it's important, very important. That we get together. Amen. Uh, so before we dive into the message this morning, would you please join me in a word of prayer? Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for this day that you have made, that you have called us to rejoice and be glad in it. And we just ask, Father, that you would um, be very close to us today as we've sung, that you would draw close to our hearts, God, that you would, you would enfold us in your love, that you would speak to us your truth, God. We pray that we might just not hear the word today, Lord God, but that we would be transformed by the word, Lord Jesus. And uh, we just ask this because of the power of your name and that we're gathered here together today. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Let me see if this comes up. Hey, it's coming up. Oh, hang on. We'll try one more time. There we go. Uh, how many of you like to do puzzles? Anybody like to do puzzles? So there's a couple of you that like to do puzzles. All right. If I told you, if it's not coming up, Skyler, just do it yourself, and I'll tell you when to go. Um, I, I tell you I had this puzzle here. How many of you could come up and do this puzzle? It's only 100 pieces. Like a couple of you could. I mean, just like this with nothing else, with just the pieces, could you come up and do it? So how many of you can do a puzzle without looking at the box? Some of you, right? How, how many of you would rather have the box to look at if you were doing a puzzle, right? All right, now, of course, that's the easier way, right? But with 100 pieces, you might be able to do it, right? You'd kind of get an idea of what it is. You'd see the different colors. I mean, this kind of looks like a building with windows, right? You'd be able to figure it out a little bit if you, if, if you were looking at it and you had to do it. And it's only 100 pieces, right? So it's, it's not that bad. It's not too bad. You want me to try it again, Skylar? I told you, just bring it up, man. There we go. 
Um, but if you had the picture right, if I showed you what it was, trivia, anybody know what this is? Yeah, the Space Needle in Seattle, right? So if you had the picture of it right, then you would be able to see what it is and you'd be able to make the puzzle better, right? I mean, that's the idea that you have the picture. Well, the same is true of our Christian life together. And it is that that God is building something. God is putting us together in a certain way to bring about what's called his kingdom, the kingdom of God. And, and God has a plan for what he wants to do with everything he's created. And that's to let the kingdom of God grow and bring in a new heaven and a new earth. So sometimes when we're trying to live the Christian life, it's like we're trying to put the pieces together, right? But we don't have the picture. And it's very difficult. We might get it. We, we might get a part of it. We might be able to put a couple things together, right? We can start with the edges and we might be able to fit something in in a different way. But if we had the picture, if we knew what it was supposed to look like, it would be much easier, wouldn't it? So let me share with you as we begin today a bit of the picture of where God is taking us, what God wants to do with our lives in this world. And the pictures that we get are found in the book of Revelations at the end of the Bible. And I just want to read to you this section, okay? And, and, and I don't want, I, I thought about putting a picture up, but no picture can do this justice. But what I want to invite you to do is just close your eyes for a minute. Just close your eyes. Let your imagination, your sanctified imagination, just picture what this might look like. See if you can see the box cover of what God is doing from Revelation chapter 7. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude of people that no one could even count from every nation, tribe, people, language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hand. And they began to cry out to God in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And the angels were gathered around as well. And there were elders and four living creatures, and they all fell down and worshiped God, saying, Amen, yes. Praise and glory, wisdom and honor and thanks, power and strength be to God forever and ever. And one of the elders came up to me and he asked me, Do you know who these people are, where they come from? And I said, well, sir, you must know. And the elder answered, they are the ones who've come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Listen to these words of promise. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not be down on them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Amen. Can you see it? Can you see it? Even if it's a little fuzzy, even if it's a little hazy, can you see where God is taking us? Can you imagine all of the people of the world together? Every shape, every size, every color coming together as one. No hunger. Clean water for everybody. No one has to fear anymore. Every tear is wiped from their eyes. That is what God is doing. God is bringing us together his purposes. 
And like a puzzle, we start off as scattered pieces. But when we understand what God wants for us, we begin to see how we must connect to each other to connect to what God is doing in the world. Amen? All right, let's look at our, our key verse for today. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And this is what I want to talk about here this morning. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. You, yes, you, together are the temple of God where his spirit lives. I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but when I was a kid, we did this little thing together, all right? We'd put our hands together. I don't know if anybody ever did this. And we would have a little say. We got, here is the church. Anybody ever do this? Here is the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. You ever do that? So here, try it. Here's the church, right? Here's the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. And what it tries to teach us at a very young age is that the church is not the building. The church is not the steeple. The church is the people. The church is not the steeple. The church is the people. You are the church. You are the house of God. You are the temple. It's not a building anymore. You see, from the earliest time of civilization, many societies thought that the gods would live inside a building that they made. So they would make temples out of stone, out of wood, out of bricks, and they would decorate these temples with all kinds of gold and silver, with artwork, with carvings, with statues that were idols that they worshipped. And they believed that the gods that they built that for would live in that house. Like they're actually building God a house, right? That sounds like a good HGTV show, you know, building God a house, right? How can we get everybody together and build a house for God? And they believed that God would dwell in that. But now the ancient Israelites, the Hebrews, they believed in a different God than everyone else. And while God would concentrate his presence in certain places, it would be concentrated. They believed that God's presence was everywhere. They believed that God could not be contained in any type of house or building that could be built. So for many ancient civilizations and societies, even up to today, it's about a certain place I got to get to in a certain building because that's where God lives, as if he's only there, right? And we talk about that. We talk about going to the building as going to God's house, but I want to kind of expand your minds this morning. Are you ready? You ready to have your mind expanded? The house of God is not a building. The house of God is you and you and you and you and you and you and you and, you and me all connected together. By which God's spirit dwells within us. Listen to the way the Lord said it in Isaiah. Speaking through the prophet, he said, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. You want to build a temple for me? My throne is the entire heavens and the earth is like a footstool to me. Where is the house that you will build for me, right? If God sits in the heavens with his feet on the earth, where are we going to put God's house? That's a good question, isn't it? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things so that they came into being, declares the Lord, Yahweh. You see, the Israelites worshiped Yahweh as the one true living God. And God revealed himself through the person of Jesus Christ. So that the one true living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has created everything. And there's not anything we can build with our hands that would be able to contain him. So the Apostle 
Paul, who wrote the verse that we looked at earlier, he was preaching once in the city of Athens, Greece, and he was standing in the city where there were many temples, many idols, many places of worship. And he said, and he proclaimed to the people there living in Athens at the time, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands. God does not live in a temple that's built by human hands. But God himself is building something through us, through his people, right? Because when Jesus came, he was the fullness of God, and it was concentrated inside this one body. Can you imagine just when you put pressure on something? I mean, Jesus was like spring-loaded. He must have just been ready to burst out, you know? In fact, he did one time on the mountain, right? He burst out and turned all glowing, and everyone's like, whoa, wait a minute, what's happening here? I mean, but then, but then Jesus said, look, I'm going back to heaven, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, which is my presence, and you're going to become my body. You're the presence of Christ. You're the way that people see God in the world. And because God's spirit dwells inside of us, that means that we, he calls us sacred. You understand that, that our fellowship, our community, our relationship to each other is sacred. That means it's holy. That means it's very important to God. That means it's something that you don't mess with. That's why the warning comes, don't destroy God's temple. What does it mean now to destroy God's temple? It means to damage the relationships that we have with one another. Let me say that again. To destroy God's temple is to damage the relationships that we have with one another. And that is an offense to God. And that grieves the Holy Spirit. And, and we don't need to be, we don't need to punish ourselves when we've grieved the Holy Spirit or when we're dishonoring God. But we need to understand that God wants to heal us so that we can properly live the way that he wants us to live. And here's the other thing that's amazing. Not only is this body, this house that God's building, sacred and special and holy, and it's our relationships with one another, that it's all of us together. See, we tend to take this on an individual level where we say, yes, I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit lives inside of me. Well, wait a minute. It's not about you as individually. It's about you all, y'all, y'all, y'all together. That's what the temple is. It's all of us together. It's the way we connect with each other. That gives a picture of God. It's like I can't live as a Christian and just be a single puzzle piece, right? I can't show anybody what God. Can you tell how wonderful God is? Can you tell what this picture is? I mean, it can be pretty. It can have all nice colors. It can have a good shape, right? And, and all of you today, I knew this was going to happen, and I'm looking out and I'm confirming it. All of you are beautiful today, and you have wonderful shapes, every single one of you. Okay, because and you can be that all by yourself, but you can see that the way you're designed is to connect with the other people of God. Because when we connect, then people will see what God is really like. It's very, very important what we do here. This isn't just another good idea. This isn't just something to add on to your life if you have time for it. This is something that God is doing to show the world that there's a better way. To show the world what he wants to create, to recreate in us. And yet we're so busy, so isolated, that we never connect. That we never come together the way God wants us to come together. You know, Paul talks about it with spiritual gifts, too. He said, listen, everybody wants spiritual gifts, right? Everybody wants to have these amazing gifts and experience of the Holy Spirit. But he said, but the purpose of the gifts is to build one another up. It's to edify each other. That's the real purpose of the gifts, right? 
Paul says, I wish all of you could speak in tongues. And people that speak in tongues, it's a beautiful experience. But he said, but I'd rather speak a word that everybody understands, a word of prophecy that comes from the mouth of the Lord. We have to understand, he said, seek the gifts that build each other up, that bring us together instead of tearing us down. So this is the work that God is doing. And when I think that God is calling us to connect, to come together, I think of this verse about in Ephesians where he talks about being building one another up and not tearing one another down. Again, let me read that for you real quickly. Ephesians chapter four, verse 29, he says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building one another up. So the idea is that we build each other up because God is building this house. We, we are the temple. We are the temple. You know, we are the temple. We are the house of God. All right, turn to someone and say, we are the house of God. Okay, you got to know, I mean, this is a house. Each one of us is a part of it. Each one of us is like a living stone that's being put together, a living puzzle piece that's being put together to show the world what God looks like. Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not bring offense to God. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about what it means to tear down. These are the things that actually destroy the house of God. These are the things... That, that are an offense to God. When we destroy our fellowship with one another, we destroy ourselves, we destroy the community, we damage the temple of God. Now you heard what I read, he said, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And, and it's actually a very graphic word picture in the original Greek. It also means don't let any rotten fish come out of your mouth. That's quite graphic, isn't it? Don't let any rotting fish come out of your mouth. I mean, think about that, our words, right? Our words can be offensive, our words can hurt. The other image that it's used for is that don't it is crumbling stones. Don't let your words crumble stones. You see, our words are very important. The way we speak with each other is very important, right? Our words can build up or our words can tear down, right? And we need to be careful that the way we're treating each other doesn't stink like rotting fish and it's not actually destroying what God is doing rather than building up what God is doing. And then he gets really practical. This is really practical applications of what God is talking about. He says, get rid of bitterness. Bitterness is when you just hold something inside for so long that it just eats away at you. It becomes like rotting fish inside of you, doesn't it? You hold on to, to what somebody did to you. Or you hold on to maybe even bitterness against God, bitterness against life, bitterness against someone else. He says, also get rid of rage and anger, right? And this is where we have to be careful because we understand that there's a time and place to be angry. And that many people, there's a righteous anger that needs to happen. We're not talking about that. We're talking about using our anger in a way that actually brings about something good rather than just letting it rage out of control, right? So I kind of compare anger to fire, right? So that fire can be good. It can warm you. It can do a lot of positive things, right? But if the fire gets out of control, what does it do? It burns everything down. So when someone says, I have a right to be angry, well, make sure that just be, just use your anger well. Use your anger to accomplish something good rather than just letting it rage out of control and burn everything down. Right? Is our anger motivated by love? We have to ask, ask ourselves that. I'm angry at this. I'm really angry. Is it because we really love people and we want the best for them? That's what righteous anger does. 
It helps to bring about the justice, the justice of God. So what we got to get rid of is that out of control anger. You know, that anger that just burns out of control and we need to control it and use it to accomplish something very good. Get rid of brawling, I put, which is, uh, I don't know what that is. It should be brawling. And you know what brawling is, right? It's fighting. Some people are like, I don't understand the Bible. It's hard. Not always. Bible says don't punch nobody. Don't fight, okay? It's pretty simple as that, right? Don't get into fights. It sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? But you'd be surprised how many grown people still get into fist fights. Anybody with me? How many grown people get into shoving matches, right? I mean, don't get into fights with people. It destroys the temple of God. Slander. You know what slander is? It's talking bad about somebody. Putting someone's name down, speaking words against them. Get rid of malice. Malice is that feeling that you want to hurt or destroy or even kill somebody. These are all the things that tear down. And they come from the way that we speak and then the way that we act. And God is trying to encourage us. Listen, I'm trying to bring you together to build you into a temple where my spirit can dwell. Where all the power of God comes in. And these are things that will tear it apart. These are things that will tear it down. And don't do this. Don't do this because you'll bring destruction upon yourself and those around you. But rather, he says, do what is useful for building others up so that they benefit them. So let's look at the buildup for just a minute, shall we? In the buildup, I fo- want to focus on these three things. He says to be kind to one another. A little kindness goes a long way. Kindness is about learning to be gentle, learning to treat people with respect, right? Learning to care for other people in ways that we talked about last week. So I don't need to go too much into that. But if you missed it last week, check it out online to really be compassionate and connected to one another in love. Be kind to one another. Sometimes we forget just to be kind. And sometimes it's not because we want to be mean, but it's because we're too stressed out, right? Or we're too overwhelmed and we just end up being unkind. And what we need to do is just ask for forgiveness and try to be kind with one another. The next one I put is speak the truth. A little earlier in that passage in Ephesians, it says that you must stop lying to one another and speak the truth in love. You do need to speak the truth in love. That's an important part of building up our community, building up our relationships with one another, is that we learn to speak the truth. Speaking truth is very, very important. And then the final one is to forgive. Forgiveness is hard. So I want to pause here for just a minute. I want to park the car and talk about forgiveness because it's difficult. Forgiveness is important to our health and, and to the life of, of God's body, the church, right? But forgiveness, the process of forgiveness is different based on the severity of the offense. Okay, listen to me carefully. Based on how severe the offense was, the process of forgiveness will look differently to different people, okay? So for example, someone who has been abused or raped tortured or oppressed forgiveness for them is not about being with that person that did that to them it's about disconnecting from that person it's about forgiveness doesn't mean you don't establish healthy boundaries you must do that forgiveness in those cases begins with you in your heart asking god to heal your heart and then releasing that person to god because only god can judge them and will judge them you release that person to god But that doesn't mean that you have to be next to that person or have contact with them. Healthy boundaries is still important. That is not what, forgiveness does not mean ignoring healthy boundaries. There are some people that may be, you don't even know if they're a part of the body of Christ, if they they 
uh, do some type of evil against you, right? But you let God handle that, okay? If you think of our lives as a puzzle piece, God may want to put them in the puzzle, but he's going to put them up in this corner while you hang out down in this corner, okay? God's going to maintain healthy boundaries within the body of Christ. Now, if it's something else, like say someone has betrayed you, someone has lied to you or lied about you, someone has spoken against you, someone has been trying to create drama and create people to be up and against you, right? Someone has offended you by what they've said or done. Your forgiveness process will be similar and different. You'll start in your heart asking God to heal your heart, asking God to remind you that what he says about you is more important than what anyone else says about you. And then again, you release that person to God. You say, I'm going to release that person. Now, in those cases, maybe there's a chance for you to come back together and reconcile, and maybe there isn't. There's no one right way in that process. But the important thing is that you are taking baby steps with God to walk into forgiveness so that it's not bitterness in your heart. It's not a chain on your own heart, right? Somebody put it like this. Sometimes not forgiving is like drinking poison yourself and hoping the other person dies. Right? And that doesn't work. But we, we torture ourselves. We hurt ourselves. It's about being free from that. And that doesn't always mean that we get back together with the person. But sometimes it does. Friends, what we need when we need forgiveness for really hard things is we need help. We need to be connected to each other. This is where you need to trust leaders. You need to find a pastor like Rosalie or myself that you can trust. A mentor, a brother or sister where you can talk through this and say, hey, help me figure out what my process is forgiveness. And, I, and I'm saying that honestly, because I know I'm speaking to at least a couple people here today. If you have, if you need help forgiving someone and you know you need help, talk to someone you can trust. Help us discern with you and pray with you. What is your process? Because every process will be different. Hear me clearly. Every process of forgiveness will be different. And it's still important to maintain healthy boundaries in the process of forgiveness. And then there's another level, a really low level, where, where some of us live sometimes, where we get so upset and we get bothered, and then we realize a little later on, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, you know what I'm talking about? And that's where we need to speak the truth in love, right? We need to honestly say what it is. In fact, this is important even in forgiveness. You need to say what someone did and how it made you feel. You need to clearly speak the truth. Because there can't be forgiveness without speaking the truth. But sometimes the truth that needs to be spoken is that, hey, it's really not that big of a deal. What they said shouldn't have bothered you that much, but it did. What's going on in your life? You see what I'm saying? I'm not talking again. Don't confuse that. When you speak the truth, you understand whether it really is a big deal, whether it's a medium deal, or where it's a little deal. But you need to honestly define what it is that's bothering you, speak your truth about it, have people help you discern your process of forgiveness. Let's keep the goal in mind, right? Let's keep the picture in mind. God wants us to be a loving, compassionate, kind, forgiving community. Forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is so powerful. So many people that I counsel, and I've counseled numerous couples getting married when they're first married. Many, many people believe, you know, that if someone cheats on me, I can never forgive that. That's the end. It's over. You understand that impulse. And again, everybody's path is different. So I'm not saying it's one way for everybody. But what I'm telling you is I have seen people where that's happened and they've forgiven and come back together. And it's beautiful. It's heartbreakingly beautiful to see forgiveness extended 
I've seen parents and children that have just had so much animosity between them that carries from the time they're teenagers into their adult life. And I've seen God work in their hearts to bring them back together. And it's a powerful thing. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it happens like that. I'm not saying it's going to look the same for everybody. But I know the picture of what God wants. I know God wants healing. I know God wants restoration. I know God wants things to be the way they're supposed to be. And I know God wants us to be together because he designed us. He designed us to be connected to each other, to not just be on our own. And even friends, as I'm talking about us at Hartford City Church, we are a puzzle piece that doesn't have any straight edges. What do I mean by that? Because we are connected to the body of Christ around the world. There's, we're never closed off. God is always expanding and working in his kingdom. You guys, you guys, you guys feel me? You know what I'm talking about? So what I want us to do today as we close is think about how sacred, how important, how holy this thing is together. So what I'm going to be talking in the next few weeks about coming together for this prayer conference. We're going to be talking about joining new life groups of people and getting connected. We're going to provide opportunities for us to be together. Understand this is more than just a good idea. This is a holy and sacred trust that we've been given by God, whereby he's building a temple so that the spirit of God lives in us. You want to know something else that I've seen? Is that when we come together, there's more power in the spirit. There's more power in the spirit when we come together, right? Because I'm not just talking to you, but you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. And the Holy Spirit inside of you is trying to connect to the Holy Spirit inside of me. And once that connection is made, it's powerful. It's powerful. And again, this is not one way. And God is so creative, so infinitely beautiful, that there's so many ways that we can connect. So what I want to do this morning is I'm going to put these pieces back in the box. And I'm going to ask you to think about what this passage says and what God is saying to you today, okay? And so I'm going to ask you to take one puzzle piece, all right? And then you're going to pass it around, and everybody's going to take one this morning. And you might have to get up and actually hand it to somebody and help them out, all right? But it's, it's good, plenty of time for it to come around. But I want you to begin thinking about this, okay? Your piece is going to represent your life. I want you to think about what I've said using this image, okay? What, what is your piece? What, what, what is your place? In the body of Christ. What is God calling you to do today? I want to take some time on this because, you know, this is where the, the rubber meets the road, they call it, right? Um, this is where it gets really good is that if, if, if we make a decision to do something and walk out of here and do it, then guess what? Then, then we're having church. <laughs> then we're having church. I mean, as fun as the music is and as fun as it is to preach, we really start having church when we're like throughout the week living this out really thinking about what God is doing in our lives, how we are contributing to what God is doing in the world. So these pieces are making their way around. Thank you, Jose. And I want you to hold this, and we're going to spend some time in prayer just thinking about what is God, what is God calling you to do today in response to this? Let's break it down really simple, shall we? Do you need to be kind to someone that you haven't been kind to? Ouch, it just got real here for a moment, didn't it? I mean, you're like, wait a minute, Pastor, that's too specific. That's too simple. Well, that's what it is. You break it down. Have you been unkind to someone? And God wants you to be kind to them. Maybe you're going to think about that as you hold your piece, right? 
Do you need to speak the truth to someone? Is there something that you need to say to someone in love? You know, with the grace of God? Or do you need to speak truth to someone? Someone you work with, someone you go to school with. You need to speak truth to yourself. We'll talk more about that in a couple weeks. Have you been telling yourselves negative things or lies? You need to speak the truth to yourself so that you're ready to connect with other people. You see what I'm saying? Is there someone you need to forgive? Probably almost all of us have someone you need to forgive because I don't know about you, but me, sometimes the people I've forgiven, it pops back up in my mind for some reason. And I find myself angry again, right? And I got to go through the process. It's okay. I'll go through the process as many times as it takes so that my heart is healed. Doesn't mean I have to be best friends with that person. It just means that I'm allowing God to do his work in my life. So as you get your puzzle piece and as you think about it, I want you to reflect upon this simple truth that you are a part of God's house, that he is building here at Hartford City Church so that his spirit can dwell within us and we can experience the power of his presence to transform not only us, but everyone around us. And let's make a commitment, right? That we're not going to be the kind of people that destroy, that tear down, that work against what God is doing. Even praying for our church, believing that God, because it's so sacred and so special, he's going to protect what we have. He's going to help us to be honest, healthy relationships, loving each other, speaking our truth, being kind and forgiving one another. That God can do that in our lives. Amen? So once everybody has a piece, I just want you to take it, and I want you to think about it and listen. Just listen for a minute. And you don't have to overthink it. It's usually what first comes into your mind at this point. What is God telling me today? What is God telling me? about how God has designed you to connect. He's designed you to connect with other people. Think about that and ask God, say, God, who do you want me to connect with? Who are you bringing me together with? If something that, that was said is just Stirred up something in your heart, just pray to God. Ask Him, ask Him to heal your heart if you need healing from something. Ask Him to help you with what you need help with this morning. God's presence is here. He's here to help you. Chances are He's going to send someone else to help you too. Be open, be ready to receive.